Welcome to the fifth episode of Battle Topics. And today we are starting our Rap Rewind series. And we are beginning with one of the people who is considered the GOAT. We are starting with Eminem. I'm your host, Roger Sierra. I'm Chip Hazard. I'm Talon Williams. And um, Chip, uh, you consider Eminem your GOAT. Um, a lot of people do too. Um, I consider uh, well, him my top five for sure. I, I would say... It, it, we've talked previously uh, about the term goat. I would say he's the best to have done it, but th- I think that's different than goat. So he's your, he's your, is he your bird? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He's the bird for a lot of people. We'll do bird. We, you know, we talk about how we don't like to do uh goat because time yeah. hasn't ended. Yeah. Um, yeah. But M, yeah. For, yeah. For me, it's M Nas, uh, Biggie Pac, Rakim, you know, there's so I mean, there's so many great, you know, hip hop yeah. artists out there. Anybody it, past the year 1995? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, if we're talking net, net nowadays, you would have to say J. Cole, uh, Joiner, Kendrick. So all the all Drake, the ones that Drake, Drake, like, Drake, Drake Logic. People. Say what? All the activist people than Drake. <laughs> I mean, but, I mean, Drake don't talk about that. I mean, he don't have to talk about that stuff. No, no. But, Drake, he's from Canada. Yeah, God's plan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, we're going to give you a little background on Eminem for those of you that somehow do not know who this man is. Um, you may be one of the people that's trying to cancel him. It's understandable. You guys yeah, you don't understand who he is. Motherfuckers, you. <laughs> but um, Marshall Bruce Mathers the third was born on October 17th, 1972. Um, he's a rapper, songwriter, producer, and is one of the best-selling music artists of all time. Um, with about an estimated worldwide sales of more than 220 million, which is incredible. Um, he is credited with popularizing hip-hop in middle, middle America, so the Midwest, um, and is critically acclaimed as one of the greatest rappers of all time. So he's in the bird discussion he goes by eminem uh, and also uh his alter ego slim shady um so do you guys want to just drop right into the first um album want to do a little background of like when we first heard him like what do we want like because uh i mean we can go either way i mean if we want to talk about when i first heard him it it was literally the slim shady lp i was in high school uh (laughs) <laughs> getting on I, literally getting on the bus to to come home and uh my boy had this album and he was like man you gotta hear this you gotta hear this and i was like well i mean what is this like new uh cash money new low limit he's like no nah, man this is something completely different and he put on you know my name is and i was like man what the fuck is this <laughs> that's that was literally my response like what in the fuck is this and i mean i've been a fan ever since I, first time i heard it was on the radio um this, this was back when this was back when um it was like it, it wasn't kiss fm it was kicks fm back then um and it and it was uh it was my name is was was what i heard and i was like who is this you know like i legit like didn't know you know anything about Eminem or anything like that? So immediately, this guy is like, it sounds like oh, this guy sounds like a whiny, you know, 
you know, like, like I just thought it was like, oh, this guy's got a goofy song. He'll probably stick around for a couple of albums or whatever, and then he'll be long gone and dead to the music industry or whatever. And now we're sitting here, you know, over 20 something years later, and many people consider him the greatest rapper that ever performed. So, yeah, that's when I first heard. What about you, Raj? Um, it definitely was, um, watching TRL when they debuted the My Name Is song or video, I mean, um, literally did not know what was going on. Nobody knew who this dude was or what it was going on. Uh, it was so different, but the video was hilarious. It kept your interest. <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's out of all his raps, it's probably one of his simplest verse wise, but like it a lot of it's just kooky craziness that makes sense in a way and it's so catchy like you, it's still to my head like to this day stays in my head like i pretty much know it's still word for word yeah and and the, and, the, and the beats and everything that were created for the record and just you had like it was really in a in a sense it was also a a creative for for Dr. Dre as well producing the record you know, and had all these, you know, difference like, like this beat could work for like, like this particular beat wouldn't work for Snoop Dogg. It wouldn't work for Exhibit. It wouldn't work for all these other ways. This beat could work for Eminem though. Cause I think Eminem has the ability to make this beat work, you know, cause you hear, you, you don't hear a lot of weird cartoony type beats on like other, you know, other you know like a snoop or a dre or something like that and of course both of them came from the gangster rap uh you know era and m was you know right there almost like that that almost going straight into the new millennium you know just again like what chip was talking about like it was just something completely different well i mean yeah this this album itself it mixes like west coast hip-hop with uh, which Dr. Dre was a pioneer of. Yes. And then the G-Funk sound, which Dr. Dre was also a pioneer of. Yep. And then he also mixes horrorcore yes. into it. Uh, you know, horrorcore has is, is traditionally been a very underground kind of sublimated genre where it, it's just kind of this niche of its own. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and normally, normally when people think of when people think horrorcore, they obviously think of the, the the most simple one they think of is they think of Insane Clown Posse. But there are, in my opinion, I think there are way better acts that do yeah. horrorcore music. I mean, the Ghetto Boys pretty much created horrorcore music in a in a in a in a in a, in a weird way. It wasn't called horrorcore back then, but he, they kind of like sparked that horrorcore sound, if you will. Um, now, when I think horrorcore. I'm thinking Brother Lynch Hung. I'm thinking King Gordy. I think, um, you know, Tech Nine in some way, even though he's more Midwest, you know, a, a lot of his fans are hardcore fans because he shouts them out, which is one reason why people hate Tyler, the f- fucking creator. Um, why? Say so what now? I said, why do they hate Tyler, the creator? Because um, I was I was, I was was t- telling Chip about this earlier today. Uh, King Gordy did an interview where he... He hated Tyler, the creator, and when asked why, is because Tyler, when Tyler got in the game, he was talking a lot of, as far as beats goes and subject matter and things of that nature, a lot of what he did was considered a horrorcore-themed, you know, like when when he talks about, um, you know, fucking the Virgin Mary and, 
you know, eating cockroaches and shit. Like, I mean, just, just an evil, like, like raping a girl after he's already killed her and shit like that. Like that is more like hardcore ass stuff. But when he got on Jimmy Fallon and Fallon asked him the question of, oh, hey, you do like horrorcore music? And he goes, no, 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 I don't do that shit. You know, don't put me inside of a box. Don't try to label me as that. He says that in his album on the first song. Right. But that's his first mistake. But yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like a lot, they, he, King Gordy believes that he basically bit the horrorcore sound to get his buzz and then abandoned everything, every fan that he, horrorcore fan that, basically got helped him get on basically you know he kind of turned his back on that on that community and then the reason why they love tech nine so much because tech nine shouts out that community and in the sense eminem does shout out that community as well even though in the early stages not so much because apparently there was still that beef between them and insane clown posse but we could get, we'd get to that on a different sub, uh, subject later on um what are you laughing <laughs> anyway um so Now you speak. <laughs> I mean, uh, we can get on the Tyler Creator thing later on in the ICP stuff. I think they're trash anyway, so I don't care about them. But uh, we're moving on to uh, Eminem. Um, I'm going to do a little bit more of his background so people can understand sort of his thoughts, I guess. Um, everybody knows he's from 8 Mile and everything, but he was actually born in St. Joseph, Missouri. Um, he was the only child of his father, who was Marshall Bruce Mathers II, obviously. His mom, uh, Deborah. Uh, we Daddy. all know who she is. <laughs> yeah, like we all know who she Fuck is. Fuck you, Daddy! <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, his mom actually almost died giving birth to him. Um, his labor was actually 73 hours long. Jesus now, Christ! Yeah, it's insane. Like, no wonder she hated him. <laughs> right? Uh, but, okay, just... I'm going to assume that she did end up giving a vaginal birth because if you spent 70 something hours in labor and then ended up having a C-section, they'd be like running a marathon and find out you could have used a golf cart the whole damn time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it just says that his mom only nearly died after the 73 hour labor with him. So I'm assuming she did go through it that way. Um, fucking days, bro. Jesus. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Like that's why women are, have that more better of a pain threshold than we do. Cause they can do stuff like that. And we can't. Yeah. Um, but Eminem's parents were actually in a band called uh, Daddy Warbucks. Um, they mostly toured the Ramada Inns uh, along Dakota, Montana area. Um, and uh, after a little bit, Eminem's dad left him. Um, we all know that because of all his music too. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, but no, uh, Eminem and his mom moved a lot between uh, Michigan and Missouri. Um, he would uh, during his teenage years, he actually wrote letters to his father, and they would all come back with uh, the stamp marked "Return to Sender." So his dad never wanted anything to do with him, regardless. Yeah, fuck um, that guy. Yeah, I know. So during his uh, younger years, he was bullied a lot. Um, one of his bullies actually severely injured Eminem's head in an assault. Um, his mom actually filed a lawsuit against the school. This was in 1982, but the lawsuit was dismissed because the county in Michigan, the judge stated that schools were immune to lawsuits, which is very bullshit. Very yeah, bullshit. I think, he, I think he actually talks about that uh, in one of his yep. songs, yeah. Oh. On, on the song Brain Damage. Yep. Yes. Right before my he, baby he actually, daughter Haley. I was harassed daily by this fat kid named D'Angelo Bailey. Yep. 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 That's the boy's name. So, yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, so 
uh, Eminem did spend a lot of time in Detroit in a predominantly black neighborhood. So he was one of the, him and his family were one of the only three white households on 8 Mile. Uh, Eminem was picked on a lot by black kids and beat up a lot by them. Um, but growing up, Eminem was actually interested in storytelling. He actually wanted to be a comic book artist before discovering hip hop. And the first time he heard uh, his first rap song was Reckless featuring Ice-T on the Breakin's uh, breaking soundtrack, um, which he actually got from his uncle Ronnie, who he talks about a lot too. Um, like that's his big idol, pretty much. When growing up, mm-hmm. but his uh, but we all know that all, his uncle also committed suicide in Eminem's youth. Um, so from there, we're gonna jump ahead uh, a few years and say that um, Eminem did not have a good household as he was growing up. Uh, a lot of social workers was called to uh, his house because he got in a lot of trouble. He started doing stuff. He actually uh, presented a paranoid personality. So, yeah, <laughs> that's not a thing most schools will actually let you get around with anymore. Uh, but he actually, around the age of 14, he began rapping in high school with his friend uh, Mike Ruby, and they both adopted the names Mannix and M and M as in the candy style. Right. Um, and he then he obviously changes it to the way he spells it now, obviously probably because of, you know, trademarks and stuff like that. Right. right. Um, so he started sneaking into the neighboring Osborne high school with his friends and started uh, rapping with proof. So he met proof at a very young age. Um, rest in peace. Proof. Rest in peace. Love you, man. Um, but they would go to a lot of the uh, lunchroom, freestyle battle raps i guess that's something kids did back then in, in high school was battle rap um but on saturdays we also attend open mics contest at uh, west seven mile at a hip-hop shop um and that was like considered the main like the, the main point for detroit rap um, st andrews hall yep so which they uh, which, which I think they 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 uh they referred to it as the shelter in the movie Eight Mile. Yes. Yeah. Um. In this, the name of it was actually called like they actually actually called it Ground Zero. Uh, I guess you probably couldn't call that Ground Zero after nine eleven. Yeah. So, um. But yeah, Eminem. Um. He struggled to succeed in a predominantly black industry, but nonetheless was appreciated by the underground rap hip hop art um audiences. Um, when he wrote his verses, he wanted most of the words to rhyme. So he'd actually like write long words or phrases. And then from underneath would try to wrap the rhymes for each syllable. Um, which now to think about it, it's not really, I guess that is cool and everything, but it really won't work phonetically when you're trying to rap, I guess. Right. Um, that's really weird to me now I think about it. Um, but after that, um, he actually, and after high school, he went on, uh, he would go by his stage name, um, MC double M and, and by then he would create a rap group called the new Jacks. And they made a self-titled demo tape with DJ Butterfingers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I don't, these names back in the day, like I'm reading this. I'm like, no way. Like there's no, like I'm waiting on I'm <laughs> I'm waiting on this known line of cocaine to run to a ring and hit somebody with a guitar. That's what yeah, for real. <laughs> you, you, you got your, you I will, got your research from a like satirical website, right? What? I said you got your research from a satirical website, right? Nah, <laughs> this is so ridiculous though. Um, so later on, the uh, New Jacks joined uh, Basement, that's M I T, not Basement. You know, 
like you think of. Yeah, we got uh, it. They joined Basement Productions, um, who later changed their stage name to Soul Intent. Um, he then was joined with Proof and some other childhood friends. Then they released a self-titled EP with Proof. Um, Eminem then made then made his first music. Wow, I can't talk. His first music video <laughs> appearance in 1992 for a song titled "Do Da Dippity" by uh, Champ Town. Dippity, come on. Yep. I I didn't even know he was in that. To be honest, though, like that's just weird to me. Yeah. Um. So here we go into uh. So in 1996, Eminem Proof teamed up with four of the rappers to form. You guys want to see this? D12. D12. Yep, the Dirty Dozen, also known as D12. Um, so, and five years later, they released their first album, Devil's Night, which I know we're talking about Eminem and doing all those albums. I want to do D12 as a separate thing. I don't want to do them part of this because right. that group is, they're phenomenal. I, I wish they would have gotten I, more play. I'm, like, I love I'm, D12 so much. I'm weird. I always listen to this album on October 30th. I, I'm I'm weird because it's it's Devil's Night and all, and October 30th is considered Devil's Night, you know, before All Saints Day or whatever, you know. And uh, um, if you watch the movie The Crow, then that's you know kind of where the, the idea comes from. But yeah, it, I, it's weird because I always listen to it on October 30th, you know, in its entirety. So, and that's I'm just grooving to it, you know. <laughs> you start, he's like, he's like, okay, this is another announcement. Punk, shut up, punk. <laughs> You know, this thing on <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, um, Eminem actually uh signed to uh, FBT Productions and he recorded his debut album, Infinite. Um, it was an independent web entertainment label, uh, for their independent label. The album was horrible. Um, it released in 1996 and it actually was like. It was so bad that the Detroit DJs would actually not play him on the radio. Mm. Um, they were actually telling Eminem to go do that white boy stuff and go into rock and roll. <laughs> Damn. Um, yeah, that's how bad he was doing. Um, uh, at this time, Eminem and his wife, Kim, who we all know and love, um, <laughs> they were, str- <laughs> sure they we were struggling. <laughs> they were struggling at this point. Um, they were living in a in horrible neighborhoods. They were getting robbed a lot. Eminem was actually working as a cook and a dishwasher um, at a lodge. Um, this was in uh, St. Clair, Missouri. Um, so, yeah, he worked about 60 hours a week about uh, for about six months. And then his daughter was obviously born, Haley. So at this point, he's trying to reinvent himself, trying to find a way to... Um, to make the rap work and this is where he came up with the idea of slim shady um and slim shady personality is the ultraviolet violent um sadistic serial killerist kind of guy um does drugs talks about rape and murder or anything like that um and he actually got the attention of dr dre <laughs> Which is weird to me at this point, because <laughs> right. um, was still free, he was still freestyling. Yeah, yeah. what? Isn't this the area uh, era where he was like doing scribble jam and everything? Yeah, he was doing everything, literally everything he could. Um, he was doing uh, something called the Rap Olympics. Yes, yes, yeah, uh, scribble so jam he, the Rap Olympics. 
yeah, so he went. He moved to LA. Well, not moved to LA. He went to LA. Did the nineteen ninety seven Rap Olympics. Um, it's a nationwide battle rap competition, which they probably should bring back. To be honest, uh, I think I'd so. watch it. Um, he actually placed second place, and um, there was a there was a uh, intern from Interscope Record here, and it actually um, Eminem actually walked up to him and gave him a copy of the his Slim Shady EP at that point. Um, and it caught the attention of Dr. Dre. Uh, and from there, I guess it's pretty much, um, the history. Cause I mean, at this point they go on to release the Slim Shady LP. Yeah. Um, and shout out to Jimmy Iovine too. Cause he's the one that also had a lot to do with, you know, getting the, t- getting the tapes to Dre and like say, Hey, you got to hear this guy, you know? Yeah. But shout out to Jimmy Iovine too. So the Slim Shady LP, um, it was released in February, uh, and it was released on February twenty third, nineteen ninety eight, on Aftermath Entertainment, part a production of uh, Interscope Records. Uh, it was actually recorded in Ferndale, Michigan, uh, which is really weird that they did it there instead of in L.A. Um, uh, here, here's a real quick we were talking about the rap olympics yeah uh so so eminem placed second uh-huh nobody knows who won it really <clears throat> it, there uh, i mean like have you ever heard of the guy who won it his name was otherwise Mm-mm. nobody won it <laughs> that's really weird like i, I looked, mean i'm trying to yeah, you, that's... <laughs> you would think that winning the Rap Olympics would, uh, I mean, boost your career more. I mean, I mean, obviously, it was a big thing back in that time, but I mean, the the second place person goes on to become arguably the the greatest rapper alive. Yes. It's, you know, it, one, it, one of at least it says the rap olympics were revived in 2007 but there's literally no history on like the uh-uh. rap olympics at all nope like it's really weird um <laughs> but yeah eminem got second and he goes on to be the bird so i yeah. mean uh he... <laughs> the, the only information i can find on the dude otherwise uh is on verse tracker uh he had seven battles uh so he actually battled the the saurus who hasn't he battled though uh, oh the saurus i don't know yeah because <laughs> uh, he's battled everybody yeah uh that's like the only on on the list that they give on verse tracker that's literally the only person i know that was on there he battled a dude named spoon a dude named peace a dude named flow a dude named jb a dude named otherwise and then had two battles with uh thesaurus yeah a dude named hamster a dude named uh, turtle a dude named, <laughs> like i mean all these little was, was one names you know that's great it was, it was that, the way huh? you were saying it this guy seal seal I mean, come on Baby. <laughs> uh, anyway <laughs> all right so um going back to the, uh some shitty lp um it was it was a Slim Shady. It literally is a Slim Shady album. It's not an Eminem album. Most of the stuff is through the perspective of Slim Shady, who um, 
he uses like, a lot of cartoonish depictions of violence. He uses a lot of profanity. Um, it, Eminem himself says that it's a bunch of made up trailer park trash stuff. Um, it's like describing horror film s things. Uh, all entertainment, not his actual views and opinions and stuff like that. Um, also depicts Eminem's frustrations of living in poverty. I mean, we can all probably feel that a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but no, the the album actually debuted at number two on the Billboard 200. Um, it actually lost out to TLC's fan mail. <laughs> all right. Yeah. They ain't want no scrubs. Uh, um, it received. Cur- Commercial and critical success. Uh, critics praised Eminem for his unique lyrical style, dark humor, and eccentric personality. Uh, the first single, "My Name Is," um, became Eminem's first entry on the Billboard Hot 100. The album won Best Rap Album of 2000 at the Grammys. Uh, "One My Name Is" won the Best Rap Solo Performance. Also, um, the Slim Shady LP is certified quadruple platinum. So it's, I'm almost there to that diamond, guys. Maybe we can help people get up. Get it up there. Yep. Uh, wait, I thought. Wait, time. I thought Diamond was ten million. Yeah, this is quadruple yeah. platinum. Yeah, so that's only four million. So he's still got six million left. Six to go. million. Yeah. yeah, he can get there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a bunch of people are trying to cancel him, so he's going to get famous again. There you go. Start listening to him. So you know, hey, maybe they're doing that as a PR thing. Who knows? They, who knows? <laughs> they might be. You know, very possible. Yeah. So, uh, the Slim Shady LP turned an underground rapper into a high-profile celebrity. He also became a controversial figure due to his lyrical content, um, which some perceive to be misogynistic. I mean, if if we want to be real, Eminem has been trying to get canceled pretty much his whole career. Right. <laughs> right. Like, he does not care. Um, is it Like, he's literally... Everything he does, it, he's going to offend somebody every single one. Um, that's just how he is. Um, he's not afraid to, when he's being Slim Shady, he's not afraid to say the most wild and, wild and crazy things ever. When he's Eminem, he's not afraid to touch on stuff that, um, in communities and the political stuff and when he does do stuff like that. Uh, so, I mean, he's been almost canceled every single album. Come on, guys, get over it. Exactly. <laughs> we were talking about that before we came on there. It's like, these Gen Zers are upset because of the bar that he spit in Love the Way You Lie, where he goes, if she ever tries to fucking leave again, I'm going to tie her to the bed and set this house on fire. And I'm, and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, out of all the Eminem lyrics, that's the one that, that, that you're upset about? That's the one that's got your friggin', you know, well, but, but you got to remember, But you got to remember, the Gen Z era, like the, the, the people that fit into that category aren't old enough to remember previous Eminem albums. They probably never took the time to go back and listen to them or anything like that. Right. You know, Gen Z, the the age range right now are between the ages of six and 24 years old. Mm. We have a whole generation of teenagers who, you know, oh, that's the Eminem guy. That's the, you know, but they don't, they don't, they don't know about the Slim Shady LP or the first Marshall Mathers LP. They don't know about songs like Criminal and Come On Everybody and uh, 97 Bonnie and Clyde, like, or Role Model, you know, or even Guilty Conscience, you know, they don't know about them songs. I would say, like, they don't remember Stan where he literally talks about putting his wife in a trunk and driving off a bridge. Right. Well, that wasn't him. That was Stan. You know, he was, oh, it's that storytelling. It's still a fucking, he's still a fucking start, you know. Yeah, but he still wrote, he still told the story. He wrote the story. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, 
But no, uh, so let's get into this. (laughs) It's so stupid. It is. Babies. Um, Don't cancel us. Uh, (laughs) but no uh let's get into this um so the album actually contains 20 tracks um for which are actually skits i this was the era of when you put skits in i hate that so much it always bothered me when you put skits in an album yeah but the way the the way eminem did it 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 actually made sense because the skit literally ran into the next song like it made sense yeah, but, uh, a, I know, but I still of, hated that. Yeah, a lot of uh, people that would do skits during that era, it was just a skit to do a skit for for yeah. no reason. Yeah, which is like it was weird to me. Like, why would you do that? Like, I don't like. I don't know. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it's a bridge going into the next, like, um, ah, what was it? I think it was uh, he did the uh, the skit bitch right before going into the song role model. You know where he's like, okay, I'm now attempt, going to attempt to drown myself <laughs> after yeah. you know after basically, but the skit kind of went along with it as well, you know. So, well, it was like the very first one, public service announcement, um, it goes straight into my name is like it's a seamless transition, right? But um, so the first actual song is track number two, which is my name is um, his first single. Immediately shot him up straight into like stardom because everybody knows that song and album like. That, like that's the very first thing we all heard the video was really weird he did like a lot of um a lot of parodies of pop culture at the time so he which is weird he made fun of uh pamela anderson tommy lee um he did a bunch of just random stuff parking lots like it's it's just crazy the video is hilarious but it's great craziness but it was poking fun at a bunch of stuff going on at the time yeah you know and then he would it would be one of them situations like, because the lyrical content that he used was just Hilarious. I mean, the first thing you hear is, hi, kids. Do you like violence? And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like that kind of kind of threw a couple of parents off as like, this 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 young this young blonde fellow is talking about violence, my dear. <laughs> you know, those, those rich ass waspy motherfuckers that, you know, want to protect their kids from, you know, they want to bubble wrap them and stuff. And you can't do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you first hear the song, you know. You know, I'm making a lot of pop, like what what you said, a lot of pop culture references and stuff. Um, I I remember the one lyric, he's like, well, since age 12, I felt like I was someone else because I hung my original self on the top bunk with a belt. I was like, he did what? Like, (laughs) just what the fuck is this guy talking about again? Like, it's it's so crazy. Right. You know, and then for the, it was like, yo, Shady win it. That's my, that's my girl, dog. I don't give a fuck. God sent me to piss the world off. (laughs) Who's got the balls to say shit like that in 1997? You know, Eminem. Or, yeah, yeah, right. Like that's what. Like that's the thing. That's why he was so not 90, so controversial. I apologize. I mean, he was 98 technically when I think this one. No, it was 99. Yeah, it right. was 99. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he was controversial. He was different. But I mean, that's not how the times were. I mean, a lot of the stuff from the 90s was shock and all. I mean, Eminem was considered a shock rapper at that time, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, like in the second verse, you guys might remember it. At the it go, starts with my English teacher wanted to flunk me in junior high. Thanks a lot. Next semester I'll be thirty five. Yeah, right. that's not the original line for that song. <laughs> no, it's you guys not. Know that? No, it's not. So that uh, the original line, and he had to change it because they said it was too homophobic. Too yeah, yeah. Uh, 
but the original line was my english teacher wanted to fuck me in junior high the only problem was my english teacher was a guy yeah i smacked him in the face with a state with an eraser chased him with a stapler paper. uh so i i i get why they changed it uh but it kind of makes more sense when you you say it all together right uh, yeah, in his in his book Angry Blonde, he actually wrote, uh, to me there was absolutely nothing homophobic about that line. It was just a line. I, it was just something funny, but like most of my lyrics, it got analyzed way too much. Right away, uh, people started saying all kinds of shit like, I don't like that, saying shit like Eminem didn't like gay people. Uh, and he's like, I, I don't hate gay people. I just don't stray that way. I don't care about gay people. I just don't bring that shit around me. Right. So, and then... Which, uh, which is weird to think of because Elton John is his sponsor. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, so, but it goes on to say that Eminem did, in fact, fail the ninth grade uh, three times, showing that uh, the altered lines are reflective of both him and his persona slim shady right yeah i mean he does poke some fun at himself majority of the time anyway uh-huh. so yeah and he does i, I mean, mean yeah he, he uh, he's at that again in the second verse he's like 99 percent of my life i was lied to i just found out my mom does more dope than i do <laughs> like yeah but that line got him sued for a lot of money yeah it, <laughs> it, it did by his mom by his mom yeah. right and then it goes was like 10 million dollars yeah. it was um, I don't know. I think. The, go ahead. She sued for ten million for slander. Um, she was only awarded twenty five grand, and she only re- received a sixteen hundred after legal fees. So she got fucked on that too. Yeah. Right. Well, in the third verse, it Jesus Christ. Uh, the third verse, he was like, "When I was hungry, when I was little, I used to get so hungry I would throw fits. How you gonna breastfeed me, mom? You ain't got no tits." <clears throat> it's like, oh shit! I think that bar was worse than the first one. You know, you know. Yeah, uh, but I, I think what he the the bar that he got the most flack over in this song was uh, when he says, "Am I coming or going? I can barely decide. I just drank a fifth of vodka." Dare me to drive. drive. Yep. <clears throat> uh, really, I think the one he got the most stuff for was uh, right after that. Um, where is it? Uh, at the end, where he's like, uh, "When you, by the way, when you see my dad, tell him that I slit his throat in his dream." I had, yeah. I mean, the whole. I mean, there's probably a lot we could pick and choose from this to like be right. like, "Oh, maybe it was this," but like, I mean, the uh, slapping Pamela uh, Anderson, making her uh, clothes blow backwards. I mean, yeah. Which, uh, and which that, that's the thing like that's and this song is one of the most ta- is that is more of a tamer song than a lot of the other songs that's on this album actually uh yeah uh i mean want to go with the guilty conscience next oh, yeah. song right uh honestly this so, is one of my favorite songs by eminem like one of it's it's in my top five like it's probably my favorite one on this album yeah I won't. No, he's not. I don't know. It might be my favorite on one on the album. Not my favorite one on the album. Um, I said it might be. Might be for personal it, uh, reasons. I have other. I have a. I have a personal reason why I, there, I, there's another song on this album that I enjoy better. But um, all right. Um, I mean, but but if we're talking about just storytelling, this is probably one of the best. Uh, not just Eminem 
story like songs but i mean in general in general <laughs> right because you had tells, three stories wrapped in one right he tells three different stories but the whole thing is is it's that I mean, we've all seen like the shows or cartoons where you have the the little devil pop up on one shoulder and the angel pop up on the other mm-hmm. and that's and what uh, like, the persona that's what their uh dr dre is the quote-unquote good and right when it was the bad um and it's it, like the way they did this actually is pretty cool because before they tell each verse they have the intro to the verse yeah mm-hmm. so the first one is uh the intro is uh me eddie 23 year old fed up with life and the way things go on he decided to rob a liquor store and but on his way in he has a sudden change of heart and suddenly <laughs> his conscience comes to play and then he just kicks into it and dr dre starts first trying to like you know tell him to think of the uh, consequences um everything like that then eminem comes in and be like you know uh uh it says that's nonsense go in get for the money and run into your aunt's crib borrow dress and one of your her blonde wigs right. he tell, he's telling him to go do it and then go hide out and stuff like that right right but uh and then, then dr is like yeah. no then dr is like everybody don't know who it is they'll know who you are everything like they'll expose you and then uh Eminem's like, nah, fuck that. Do that shit. Shoot that bitch. Can you afford to blow this shit? <laughs> Look at the you George Jordan and George Burns. That, yeah, like that whole, like that rap, like it's a simple rap, but it's so good. Like when you think about it, it um, really is. Yeah. Yeah. And do you really think she gives a fuck if you have kids? Uh, and then Evan, and then Dr. Dre comes back in again and says, man, don't do this. Not worth it. Uh, drop the biscuit. Don't ever listen to him. He's bad for you. Then you know like, what, Dre? I don't Dre. like your attitude. Like attitude. Then it skips to the next verse, which is like every single one is. Um, yeah, this should be the one. If you're going to be upset over a fucking uh, Eminem verse, I mean, Jesus Christ. Uh, it's uh, Meet Stan. He loves the word. He loves the name Stan in his raps, yeah. doesn't he? <laughs> Yeah, meet Stan, uh, 21 years old. After meeting a young girl at a rave party, things started getting hot and heavy in an upstairs bedroom. bedroom. Once again, his conscience comes into play. Yep. And then um, Eminem starts out. He says, now listen to me while you're kissing on her cheek, smearing her lipstick, slip this in her drink. No, you got to do is nibble on a little bitch's earlove. Yo, this girl's only 15 like, years old. Yeah, you can't take advantage of that. <clears throat> It's not uh, fair. M comes back with, yo, look <laughs> at her foot. Does the guy hair? hair? Fuck this fuck bitch right here on, here on the spot. Bear. Bear. Passed out <laughs> and forgot how she got there. I uh, mean, like, fuck. Like, yeah. it, but, like, their their back and forth is so good, like, right. in general. And then, um, and, then, yeah, and then in the third verse, it's meet Grady, 29-year-old construction worker, coming <laughs> home after a long day of work, finds his wife having sex with another man. And then, dude, the third verse is my favorite verse out of all of them. <laughs> he was Dr. Like, Dre, all right, calm off. down, relax, start breathing. And then Eminem immediately comes in. <laughs> like, fuck that shit. You he just caught this bitch, bitch you. cheating while you at work. She's with some dude trying to get off. Fuck, fuck slit her throat. throat. Cut this bitch's head off. Wait, what if there's an explanation? Like, she's trying to, let's almost. What? She to- tripped, fell, landed on his dick. <laughs> but I think the, I think the most telling part of this is at the end, uh, when Eminem's like, uh, or uh, you want to take advice from somebody who slapped D-Bar? D-Bar? What you say? What's wrong? wrong? Didn't think I remember. I'm going to kill you, motherfucker. Uh-uh. uh-uh. Temper, temper. Mr. Dre, Mr. NWA, Mr. AK, coming straight out of Compton. Y'all better make way. How the fuck are <laughs> you going to tell this man to be violent? Because he don't need to go the same route that I went. Been there, done Been that. Then you hear, that. The, oh, yeah, then you hear the shotgun, and it's like, fuck it, Grady. Do a bolt. Where's your gun at? You know, like so he got he honestly, man. That's just overall a fun one. Song. Yes, <laughs> it's a fun song, but like 
Eminem, it, like it's is so like they're like I said, their back and forth is so good. Dude, they told I, such simple stories in a verse, and like I don't like that. Like in, like you can tell the chemistry between these guys was immediate. Oh yeah, I, I, any song right. with Eminem and Dre, and it's just them two, and they're going back and forth like that. I I could listen to those two all day long. Absolutely, yep. Absolutely. I, I really could. Yeah. And then the very next song that you, we listen to is uh, the song Brain Damage. Um, right, which we touched on earlier. Yeah. He, he talks about, uh, you know, the high school bully, D'Angelo Bailey. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that it's kind of a yeah. true story, but, right. but still it's more of that storytelling, you know. Even though it's, it's labeled as satirical, he took real-life events and, and put them into this song – and, and you know it's stuff that i mean pretty much anybody can relate to i mean i mean hell i was bullied in high school <laughs> i know talon was bullied in school i don't roger i don't think we've talked about it but i mean i'm a hispanic in the south what do you think yeah so you were the bully <laughs> first of all sir i, was a, I don't I, I i may have been a bully to some but no nah, I, I was 140 pounds i was very smart did theater but also did rugby so i don't know right you know so i mean it's i got bullied a lot for being a brown kid to. i mean i definitely feel what eminem goes through being the minority in the school because i mean i definitely was a minority in the school well okay so um, for those that don't know, uh, I went to a, a predominantly black school. Yeah. Uh, my graduating high school class, uh, white kids, there was me and one girl named Kelly. That was it. Right. I went to a predominantly all black elementary school, but then, you know, and of course, you know, you would, you know, you, you, you're, you're basically, I hate to say the word influence, but yeah, I mean, you're basically influenced by the culture of the, the surroundings, your friends that you hang out with and things of that nature. I go from an, a predominantly all black elementary school to a predominantly white, all, you know, redneck, you know, country school, you know, and I didn't fit in with anybody, you know, you know, the white kids didn't want to have anything to do with me. They thought I was, you know, a poser, you know, trying to be, you know, you know, trying, trying to be black a white kid trying to be black, and then there was a lot of the a lot of the uh, the black kids didn't want to mess because they thought I was you know just doing it because you know oh because this was around is when Eminem started coming out and stuff and oh what was this white boy know about wearing FUBU like what what you you what you know about the struggle you know and it's like you couldn't you couldn't win either way and even when you try to make friends it was you know no so I got picked on a lot you know from especially middle school middle school. You know, and it wasn't until I discovered, you know, wrestling in seventh grade, you know, when I had a chance to, you know, let some of that aggression out. And then once I, you know, was on the wrestling team, then I was able, you know, to make a few friends there. And, you know, I still talk to some of them, you know, to this day, you know. Um, but, yeah. So the next song, um, which I, it's not a song, it's a skit. It's, a, it's from Paul Rosenberg, which you hear him. A lot, a lot of the, the different uh, uh, skits that Eminem has done on his records over the course of a few years. Um, but then after that was the song "If I Had." You guys remember this song? I do. Uh, I, I remember the chorus for the most part. Uh, you know where he says, "If I had a million bucks." Uh, what is it? Hold on. I think this is the only song that I can 
that it actually is from the Eminem perspective. Yeah. Uh, or he said, if I had a million bucks, I'd buy a damn brewery and turn the world into alcoholics. If I had a mag- magic wand, I'd make the whole world suck my dick without a condom on while I'm on the john. If I had a million bucks, I w- it wouldn't be enough because I'd still be out robbing armored trucks. If I had one wish, I'd wish for a big enough ass for the whole world to kiss. kiss. Yep. <laughs> I mean, the second verse, um, you can feel it. Uh, I'm tired of being white trash, broken, always bored, tired of taking pop bottles back to the par- uh, party store. I'm tired of not having a phone, tired of not having a home. Um, to have one tired, if I had one on. Yeah, like right. you can, like I, like this is the only song that is from the Eminem perspective. Yeah, that, I mean, that I can remember on the album. But but it, it 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 also like it talks about that struggle that he went through. You know, uh, I mean, we've been through it. You know, being poor. Uh, you know, eating ramen every night, or at least I have. You know. <laughs> Spam. Uh, <laughs> you were lucky if you got spam. spam. Yeah, spam. I no longer write that name. You, you, you know, you know what that. You know, it's an acronym. You know what that means, right? Shit okay. posing as meat. That's what. That's what spam is. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he just the sandbag on that. Yeah, just say yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck your joke, Talon. Uh, all <laughs> right. No, I, I laughed at it, but uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you know, you do your thing. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, <clears throat> you know, uh, and the one, uh, the one line that that really stands out is that you know I, I'm tired of radio stations telling fibs tired of jlb saying where hip-hop lives uh and and that was basically his his way of saying you know because when, when he got in the game like what the only white hip-hop artists up until that point were beastie boys who are severely underrated in my opinion and vanilla ice yeah. and the white snow snow the white dude from third base um is the mc uh, search was everlasting at this point yeah, yeah, he was with House of Pain, yeah. Yeah. You know, but, I mean... But at, really, at, the only ones that did anything was Beastie Boys. Everybody else was flops. Right. I don't know. I think uh, Ice Ice Baby was a pretty big song. First of bro. all, his biggest bro. hit is Go Turtles, Go Turtles, Go. It's ninja Rap, bro. I know what it is. <laughs> Bruh. Vanilla Ice was was the definition of a one hit wonder. If it was not for the Ninja Turtle movie, the Ninja been, Rap would not have. Movie. Yeah, I mean that may be true, but that second song is the best finger of all time. To each his own. It's a good song, but uh, I don't know if it's the best of all time. I don't even know if it's in the bird discussion, but. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so the next song up is is '97 Bonnie and Clyde, which was actually on the Slim Shady EP that got him noticed by Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre. On that EP, it was entitled "Just the Two of Us." Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they had to change the name, obviously. Right. Um, and this is the first song to to have ever featured his daughter Haley. Um, and. <laughs> The fucking content for this song. <laughs> yeah, this is one of the songs they could definitely pick and choose on. <laughs> yeah, I canceling. Mean, he basically, uh, without going into a whole lot of detail on this song, he basically is taking his daughter on a ride 
to get rid of her mother's dead body after he murdered her. I mean, yeah, and the actual, I mean, if you look at the the album cover of this album, it's exactly what it appears like. You know, the she's in the trunk, and he's sitting there. He's sitting there, standing there on the pier. I don't. You don't see. Do you? I don't even think you see. You don't see Haley in here. I don't think. Oh yeah, you do. It's right. She's right next to him. Yeah, she's right next to yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, ugh. and then there was so it's like there's a place called heaven and a place called hell, a place called prison and a place called jail. I'm probably on my way to all of them except one. <laughs> so, um, in his book Angry Blonde, um, he actually talks about the song. Um, so he says that the song was written in '97, uh, the summer of '97, and he said during this time a lot of fucked up shit started snowballing for him. Um, that's when him and Kim weren't seeing eye to eye, so they weren't together. And she was using Haley as a weapon against him. She wasn't letting him see him. So he wrote the song as a way to get back to her, obviously. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. So you can definitely see in a lot of the stuff. Uh, there's just like, you could literally go through and pick and choose what which one you want to use. Uh, like, uh, let's see. Uh, your mama so says she wants to show you how she can float and don't worry about that little boob on her throat. It's just a little scratch. It didn't hurt. She was eating dinner while you were exactly. sweeping and spilled ketchup on her shirt. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Make it. I never heard anybody make murder sound like a nursery rhyme. Like, well, that's the whole thing. Is like he's t- he's kidnapping his daughter. He just killed his wife, and he's trying to give a slight excuse. Like the. I mean, yes, that's the mentality of it's very dark, but a way to spin it to make it seem innocent is just a whole different level of genius itself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, this one's extremely dark. Uh, yeah. I mean, he literally starts the verse by saying, grab a couple of your toys, let Dad strap you in a car seat. Oh, where's Mama? She's taking a little nap in the trunk. Oh, that smell? Daddy must have ran over a skunk. Yeah. Now I know what you're thinking. It's kind of like to go swimming, but you know your mama when she's one of those type of women that uh, do crazy things. If she don't get away, she'll throw a fit. Don't play with Daddy's toy knife, honey. Let it let go of it. I mean, <laughs> like it's just yeah. yeah. Or, or even the third verse, like when they get there, he's like, "Wake up, sweepy head. We're here before we play. Uh, we're gonna take Mama for a little walk." along the pier like he's talking to her in baby talk yeah and he's he's rapping in baby talk like like or wow like how, how do you do that yeah i just i mean you know, it's like, it's a sadistical thing to do you know which is slim shady's it's a slim shady persona you know because that's because yeah. honestly like that's some shit you hear in like you'd see in like a fucking like horror movie or some shit you know which is perfect and for for the for the particular album, um, right. Then he goes on. He said, "Mama's too sweepy to hear you screaming in her ear. Uh, that's why she can't hear. Oh, that's why you can't get her to wake up. But don't worry, Dada made not. Dada made a nice bed for mommy at the bottom of this lake. Here, you want to help Dada tie a rope to this rock? We'll tie it to her footsie. Then we'll go roll her off the dock. <laughs> like fuck, <laughs> really." <laughs> You implicating this child in, in your murder, yeah. So, but I mean, like that's the genius uh, of Slim Shady Eminem persona. Like when he's Eminem, he he's rapping about you know something, some kind of reason, some kind of movement, or something like that, something personal. When he's Slim Shady, it's something dark, something like the evilness from him 
like released. You, okay, well, let's let's pause that. Let's pause that for just one second. Because he did the Marshall Mathers LP too. You do you think we will ever get, especially in today's day and age, will we ever get a Slim Shady LP too? Um, he's gone away from a Slim Shady persona, really. Though, yeah, he really he? has. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, is 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 the possibility of that happening? <sighs> No, because he's evolved. Like that's the whole point. Is that he does, that's why he didn't do another one because he had chances to do it before. But I mean, with each album, he's progressed on not only who Eminem is, but who Marshall is. And he'd rather be Eminem and Marshall than be Slim Shady and Eminem because Slim Shady was his evil, his, his all that evil that he had inside. But now that life's getting, I mean, his life is better off now. So I mean, right. he doesn't have that reason for there to be a Slim Shady to personify his evil and his hate right okay i mean it'd be great if he did but you know it wouldn't be authentic it wouldn't feel it would it would would, would feel more forced yeah oh yeah i definitely think it'd feel more forced but then again i mean you know how smart he is when it comes to lyric lyricism especially with all these gen zers fucking like culture canceling and shit like that would he would he make a would he make a slim shady LP two out of spite? He probably would out of spite. He would, but I don't think he, it's even bothering him. Like to be honest, yeah, I don't like, think it's Eminem. bothering him at all. Um, <laughs> but also, like, yeah, we didn't think the mumble rappers were bothering him. And he dropped Kamikaze out of nowhere. It wasn't more like they were bothering him, but he was getting tired of them being like the Gen Z t- saying that these guys were the great rappers. Like the old <laughs> right. rap was nothing good. Which I mean, like, all right, sit your asses down. Y'all are twelve. You can't drive yet. Shut your faces. Right. Exactly. Y'all don't. Y'all don't know what hip hop and rap is. You literally don't. All you have is this commercial crap. Yeah. Yeah. You. 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 My. My favorite. My favorite rapper rapped in a basement with Big Tigger. Your favorite rapper did Xanaxes, and you found found about him on SoundCloud. We're not the same. You know. So my favorite rapper knows how to actually talk about something. Yeah. <laughs> your favorite rapper can't speak. Nope. Yep. Doesn't even know words. Nope. He just makes stuff up. And your rapper uses my rapper sold. There's a difference. <laughs> so on to the next song is actually is another one of my favorite ones on the album too. Yeah. Uh, it's role models. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which is straight another straight slim shady like song of is him pretty much saying from the very start, don't look at me as a role model. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I am not a role model. Do not look up to me. <laughs> at all but it's one of my when, when he starts off with okay i'm going to attempt to drown myself you can try this at home you could be just like me and then the verse starts the album out yeah like the verse out yeah yeah but but then he goes i'm cancerous if we dance you wouldn't want to answer this if you responded back with that battle rap i wrote for cannabis and i was thinking cannabis he wrote a battle rap for cannabis like like you know i mean he literally did right yeah. you know and then and oh, he goes to break your fucking legs to your bones broke through your skin you yeah it's me i'm even the score equally take you on jerry springer and beat beat your ass ass legally. Legally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or 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 when he's talking about uh hillary clinton he said hillary clinton tried to slap me and call me a pervert i ripped her fucking tonsils out and fed her sherbert my nerves hurt and lately i'm on edge I grabbed Vanilla Ice and ripped out his blonde dreads. Every girl I ever went out with is gone, Les. Follow me. Do exactly what the song says. 
smoke weed, take pills, drop out of school, kill people, and drink, jump behind a wheel like it was still legal. Yeah. I mean, I was to walk a store and steal, so I'm dumb enough to ask for a date with Lauren Hill. Hey, pause right here because I think the next part of that lyric kind of like it's what I, he's feeling is like some people only see that I'm white ignoring skill. I stand out like a green hat with an orange bill, but I don't get pissed. Y'all don't even see through the mist. How the fuck can I be white when I don't even exist? You exactly. Know, you know. And I think that's been his sentiments his, uh, for his entire career because, you know, again, back to, you know, when he, when this came out, there wasn't any white rappers. And, and I not don't any, Not any good on, white rappers. Yeah. Right. And I don't mean to keep harping on that, but, like, he he literally broke the mold. Shattered. And, and, yeah. Well, it, it, I mean, going back, that's not saying that the Beastie Boys didn't set up a thing for white rappers but from beastie boys to eminem there was nothing exactly i mean you had your snows you had your your your, your mc searches but i mean no they there, didn't there, have the impact eminem had there was beastie boys then there was eminem <laughs> yeah i, I mean I, I, then the beastie boys was a different era of hip-hop and a different style of rapping they were from like the golden age of hip-hop like they were, well, they, like were they were they were straight people. comedic rappers. Right. They were just guys having fun being comedic and everything. Eminem broke the barrier by being like I said, a shock rapper. He he said a bunch of taboo stuff. He said stuff that you wouldn't expect to say. And while he was doing it, he was having great verses and people would forget, hey, yo, this is a white guy saying this. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Uh it verse two always gets me. Is he like me and Marcus Allen went over to see Nicole? We heard her knock at the door. Must have been Ron Gold. And then you hear this thing like, we did it. Yeah. Yeah. We did it. Yeah. Yeah. Jumped up behind the door, put on an origin hole, killed them both, and smeared blood on the white Bronco. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of pop culture references and, and celebrity references. Uh, the one the one bar that sticks out to me in the second verse is when he goes, Mother, are you there? I love you. I never meant to hit you over the head with that shovel. <laughs> did I pop every time I hear that bar? You know, right? Um, I can't remember what is like. Yeah, I, I can't. I went to the club drunk with a fake ID. I've been with ten women who got HIV. I got genital warts and it burns when I pee. I tie a rope around my penis and jump from trees. <laughs> now, don't you want to grow up to be just so like me? Shit. Yeah, that one was. Now follow me and do exactly what you see. <laughs> I slap women, eat shrooms, and then OD. Now, don't you want to grow up to be just like me? Yep. And then the very next, um, the very next track was uh, was Lounge, which is basically them, M, and the two uh, Bass Brothers. Basically, it's almost like they're kind of in like a like a fucking old school like bar or saloon or something like that, singing. Uh, basically, they're singing the chorus to the song "My Fault," which is the very next song on the record. Um, my fault was basically about this them going to a party and a rave, you know, rave, yep. and girls, you know, girls pretty much fixing to die from fucking shrooms and shit, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, he gave her shrooms, and you know, she fucking OD'd on him, and he's <laughs> trying to figure out how to stop it, basically. Right. Well, I mean, it starts out with, I went to John's rave with Ron and Dave. Met a new rave, long babe, never had shaved. A nurse aide who came to get laid and tied up with first date tape and raped on the first date. 
Susan, an ex-heroin addict who just stopped using, who loved booze and alternative music, told me if she's going back into using again. I said, what? First try these. Wait, first try these hallucinogen. It's better than heroin, hand the booze, and a gin. Come here, let's go in here. Who's in the den? I mean, yeah. like that just paints a little picture right there alone uh, in itself, but it's like, it tells a lot to begin with, too. Yeah. 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 And, then, it, it, and then, like, there's a little dialogue there. And he says, shut up, slut. Chew up this mushroom. This will help get you in touch with your roots. We'll go barefoot, butt naked, and run in the woods. I mean, like, damn. Yeah. Uh, but the, and it I, says, uh, right after that, he goes, oh, hell, I might as well try them. This party is so drab. Oh, dang. I ain't mean for you to eat the whole bag. Right? Yep. Yeah, and then the, uh, whole, and then and the then, next verse know, is like, like he's place. having a conversation with her. Like, she's wigging out. He's trying to calm her down, <laughs> you know. And it, it's like, you know, get away from me. I don't know you. Oh, shit, she's tripping. I think I need to go puke. I was trying to turn into some something major. I just wanted to make you appreciate nature. <laughs> I guess he's still in the woods. Like, Susan, stop crying. I don't hate you. The world's not against you. I'm sorry your father raped. Oh, shit. I forgot about that line. Holy so shit! What you, so what? You had your little coochie in your dad's mouth. Yeah. No reason to start wigging and spazzing out. Yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. I forgot about that part. In that <laughs> she song. said, "Help me! I'm help me! I think I'm having a seizure." I said, "I'm high too, bitch. Qu- quit driving my seizure. Let go. You calm down. You're starting to scare me." <laughs> she said, "I'm 26 year old, 26 years old, and I'm not married. I don't even have any kids, and I can't cook." Hello, I'm over here, Sue. Hi. You're talking, You're to, talking the to the plant. Look, Look. <laughs> we need you to get to the hospital for it's too late because I never seen anyone eat as many shrooms as you ate. Right. I mean, it's just like a telling of like this girl having a trip. Um, yeah. And ODing. So. And then the the third you know, verse the, was like third verse is him <laughs> looking for his friend Dave. Yeah. To to figure out like what to do. He's in the bathroom. I think he's taking a crap, dude. <laughs> yeah. He's like, how long do these things take to wear off? Well, it depends on how many you had. I took three. She ate the other 22 craps or the other 22 caps. Now she's upstairs crying out her eyeballs, drinking Lysol. She's going to die, she's dude. Die, dude. <laughs> I know. And it's my fault. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. And then the outro was, uh, Susan, please wake up, please, please wake up. What are you doing? You're not dead. You're not dead. I know you're not dead. Wake up, Susan. Wake up. Oh my God. Yeah. But, it, it, and just the way that he's saying it, and it's like, oh shit, like it's too, it's too much for fucking out. Like, I mean, it's because it's the, it's a, it's panic mode, you know, because there, there have been situations where kids fucking OD'd on drugs or alcohol or you know something along those lines. People have fucking died from this shit, you know, and you know ain't no telling you know because you're just as high and you're like oh shit you know that's it's it's a scary thing you know um but and then the very next one was uh ken kniff from connecticut <laughs> that bullshit <laughs> yeah but the next song after that is everybody's favorite uh come on, come on everybody come on everybody yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come on! <laughs> I mean, the title alone. The, this song and right. drug ballad to me are co- they coincide because it's right after both of them are right after the Ken Kniff skits on both the Slim Shady LP and the Marshall Mathers LP. 
Um, so yeah, it, it, it starts off with I mean he I mean just right. straight starts off with my favorite color is red, like the bloodshed in Kurt Cobain's head when he shot himself dead. Let's pause right there because you know never mind. I ain't going into that conspiracy theory yet. Women all grabbing all my shish kebab, brought <laughs> Lauren Hill taste so her kids can starve. I can't stand white people. <laughs> Yeah, which Lauren to us it herself. Which which Lauren Hill did say. Yeah, I, you thought and he goes. You thought I was ill. Now I'm even more so. Shit, I got full blown AIDS and a sore throat. I'm in. The, I got a wardrobe with an orange robe. I'm in the fourth row signing autographs at your show. Like, oh shit. Yeah. Then he goes. I'm in the fourth row signing autographs at your show. Just remember that yeah. I'm absent minded. Wait, I mean, I've lost, I lost my mind. My I can't, mind. I can't I find it. it. I'm freestyling every verse that I speak because I don't, I don't even remember, remember the, the words. Word yep, <laughs> yep. Uh, and then the third verse starts with, "I got bitches on my jock in East Detroit because they think I'm a motherfucking Easty Beastie Boy." So I told them I was Mike D. They was like, "Gee, I don't know. He might be." I told told them meet me at Kid Rock's next concert. I'll be standing next to the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> right. Yeah, and then at, at the end of that whole thing was, I want to make songs all the fellas dub and murder every rich rapper that I'm jealous of. So just remember when I bomb your set, I only cuss to make your mom upset. Or yo, I only cuss to make your mom upset. Yeah. Then he just says, come on everybody about 15 times after that. So, Shit, more like 30 times. More like yeah. it, yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's just another one of those Slim Shady, just non-serious songs. Right. right. It's literally him trying to do everything he can to be like, hey, I'm not being serious. I'm not a role model. You know, I'm bullshitting. This is made up stuff. Well, in the, in the middle of the second verse, he goes, I go on stage in front of a sellout crowd and yell out loud. All y'all get the hell out now. Fuck rap. I'm giving it up, y'all. I'm sorry. But Eminem, this is your record release party. <laughs> you know, so that one's that one. I, mean, that I started one. the second verse with uh, I've tried suicide and I'll try it again. That's why I write songs when I die at the end. Exactly. Because <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Like my middle finger was stuck and now I'm waving it at everybody screaming I suck. <laughs> Go back and listen to it because you can hear the cadence and you can hear the 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 uh just the way that it was I mean just you know people in today's world probably don't, you know, find it as interesting as we do, but fuck those people. Uh so anyway. Um so then the next song uh is is a song called Rock Bottom. Rock Bottom. And the intro is is perfect. He says, hey, yo, this song is dedicated to all the happy people, to all the happy people who have real nice lives and have no idea what it's like to be broke as fuck. And he wrote yeah. this song when he was in his uh, struggling times. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, he got, like, before, like, it talks about in uh, an interview, he says that, like, he was fired from that um, cooking job like right before Haley's first birthday and everything. So, I mean, he was just going through it. And then in his book, he says, uh, it was on both the EP and LP. Um, he doesn't remember when he wrote it, um, but it was just like, it was actually meant to be an uplifting song. <laughs> but when he was sitting there making the track, um, he played the beat and it was just so sad. I said, fuck it, let's go with this one. Uh, so obviously like, he was trying to make it a cheerful song, but he's really not. Cause I mean, it just talks about like, it's a really deep song. You can tell there's a lot of anger and about it. I mean, it is a song about being poor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
being literally at rock bottom. I mean, the yeah. verse starts by saying, I feel like I'm walking a tightrope without a circus stint. Pop and Percocet, I'm a nervous wreck. I deserve respect, but I work a sweat for this worthless check. I'm about to burst this. He said, okay, I am about to burst this tech at somebody to reverse this debt. Minimum wage got my adrenaline cage full of venom and rage, especially when I'm engaged. Like, yeah, but my then daughter's down to less diaper. He's got my ass super hyper. I, I pray to God answer. Maybe I'll ask nicer. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can like just that part alone right there. You can literally feel his well, anger. <laughs> yeah. That. And then the, the, the second verse where he says, my life is full of empty promises and broken dreams. I'm hoping things look up, but there ain't no job openings. I feel discouraged, hungry, and malnourished living in a house with no furnace unfurnished. And I'm sick of working dead end jobs with lame pay. And I'm tired of being hired and fired the same day. But fuck it. If you know the rules to the game, play. Yep. Like, I mean, if this you can't. This don't sound like, my, if this that, don't sound like a certain situation I'm, you know, in the middle of right now, you know. I mean, we all feel this bullshit grind of these bullshit jobs. Yep. Mm -hmm. But uh, the third verse, he goes on and says, uh, these people that love me. There's people that love me and the people that hate me, but it's the evil that made me. These backstabbing, these people and shady. Uh, I want the money, the women, the fortune and the fame. This means I end up burning in hell, scorching flame. This means I'm stealing your che checkbook and forging your name. The lifetime bliss for eternal torture and pain. Because right now, I feel like I've just hit rock bottom. I've got problems, now everybody's on my block got them. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I... It, it, you can definitely as somebody that grew up in a poverty like you can definitely feel that and yep you know yeah. i don't know um so the next song is uh just don't give a fuck yep um, <laughs> yeah yep <laughs> uh uh he's he actually said in um interview that uh, he wrote this song while he was staying at his mom's house. It was around the time that Haley was born. Uh, she wasn't here old yet. All kinds of shit. Not being able to provide for my daughter. My living situation. It started building up so much that I just had to hit it. That I just had, that I had just had it. That's a weird way of saying that. So yeah. uh, that's where the song actually came from. Yeah. The, the first verse is always the one that's like, Slim Shady. Brain dead like Jim Brady. I'm an M80. You little like that Kim lady. I'm buzzing. Does it does it dirty does it naughty rotten rhymer cursing at you play is worse than Marty Schottenheimer rest in peace uh you know and this is the part that 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 got me where he says you whacker than the motherfucker you bitch your style from you ain't going to sell top sell two copies if you press the double album like shit <laughs> so yeah that was the one I was like ugh. You, you even telling the double album you wouldn't sell two copies. Shit. I mean, later on, he starts saying, my name is Marshall Matters. I'm an alcoholic. I have a disease. They don't know what to call it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember that. The proof is in the pudding. Just ask Deshaun Holton. I'll sit your throat worse than Ron Goldman. <laughs> right. I mean, it is, this song gets a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, in the second verse, uh, I'm nice to Pete. But I'm search for two crushed milk bone. My everlasting, I melt vanilla ice like silicone. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, this one's just like you can. It was just him just getting out a lot of the anger. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's one of those other just nonsense songs. So 
And yeah. then people don't take them too serious. Right. And then you had the uh, the soap skit that turns into the song As the World Turns. That was, yep. dude, um, that was so, that, that song itself was f- so freaking just, the because he basically, it's it's storytelling from the standpoint of him being at a young age and then a story from the story of him being a little bit older. You know what I mean? Um, I do like, cause he, when he was like, I hang with a bunch of hippies and wacky tobacco planters that swallow lit roaches and light it like jack-o'-lanterns. And then he says the next bars, the next two bars in the exact, in the, in the same spot in the next verse, he was like outside his baby. And we sue in the courts cause we're dope as fuck. Yet only get a two in the source. And I guess that was a shot at uh, Benzino, or whoever it was that was over Source Magazine, because the, the you know they only get I think because according I think I think five mics is the most you can get in Source Magazine when they do like a review of your album or, or whatever. Um, but you only get two in the Source. Yeah, fuck you. You know, pretty much. So, um, yeah. And then the 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 second uh, verse is we drive around in million dollar sports cars. While little kids hide this tape from their parents like bad report cards. Yeah. And then he reiterates the same two lines from the first verse where he said, Outsiders and we sue in, in the, the courts. Course, right. Because we dope as fuck and only get a two in the source. Yes. You know. Well, the, the weird thing about this, um, he talked about that the, uh, the song is supposed to be a soap opera esque mm-hmm. thing. So it's all uh, from the perspective of Slim Shady, but also everybody in it, quote unquote, is. Um, going through the trials and tribulations of Sim Shade in a soap opera kind of thing. Um, but he himself talked about it. it's just a story of the stereotypical white trash and, and be trashy kids growing up with no morals and no values. Every day is the same, the world keeps turning. I just want to get this off. I just want to get off this. Uh, there's no meaning in that song. Not all songs have the meaning. It's just funny, and people took that song so seriously too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, they tell you, he tells you in the second verse. He's like hypochondriac, hanging out at the laundromat where all the raunchy, fat, white, trashy blondes be at. Like that's trailer park shit right there, you know? Yep. You know, and then it's dressed like a sailor standing by a pail of garbage. It's almost dark and still trying to nail a trailer park bitch. This part, this like this whole second verse was just, you know it told a story within telling the, the whole thing where it says, I met a slut and said, what up? It's nice to meet you. I like to treat you to a Fago and a slice of pizza, which shit. I mean, that's, Gross. that's a date right there. You know what I'm saying? So Gross. the slice of pizza or the Fago? The Fago. Mm. We'll talk like yeah. that. But yeah, he's like, it was trash. But right. he, said, he, he says, uh, with an uppercut, hit me with a basket of laundry. I fell through the glass door. Started causing a scene, slid across the floor right into the washing machine, jumped up with a broken back. Thank God I was smoking crack all day and doped up on coke and smack. All I wanted to do was rape this bitch and snatch her purse. Now I want to kill her, but yo, I gotta grab or I gotta catch her. First. Yeah, you, you I mean you skipped over the part where he was like, "I ain't got no weed, no feelies, or no papers." Plus, I'm a rapist and repeated please prison escapist. So give me all your money. Don't try nothing funny, cause you know your stinking ass is too fat to try it out, rummy. Mm-hmm. Then that's when they uh, he jumped to uh, uh, yeah go ahead yeah he, he go uh, later in the verse he goes kick the door in to murder this divorced slut looked around the room that's when I seen the bedroom door shut I know you're in there bitch <clears throat> I got my gun cocked you might as well come out now she said come in it's unlocked 
I walked in and all I smelled was Liz Claiborne and seen her spread across the bed naked watching gay porn. She said, come here, big boy. Let's get acquainted. I turned around to run, twisted my ankle and sprained it. She came at me full speed. Nothing could stop her. I shot her five times. Every bullet bounced off her. I started to beg, no, let go. But she swallowed my fucking leg. Like like an egg roll. roll. With one leg left, now I'm hopping around crippled. I grabbed my pocket knife and sliced off her right nipple. Just trying to buy me some time. Then I remembered this trick. Go, go, gadget, dick. (laughs) Whip that shit out. Ain't no doubt about it. It hit the ground and caused an earthquake and power outage. I shouted, now, bitch, let's see who gets the best. Stuff that shit in and stuff that shit in crooked and fuck that fat slut to death. <laughs> like, I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. White trailer trash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's As they say in today's terms, man, that's some white people shit right there. That's, that's <laughs> mm-hmm. crazy ass white folks. Um, Sorry. Uh, so from there, we go to the next song. I was going to say, we're going to the next song. Uh, called i'm shady uh which is just uh pretty much just raps about his life as a white trash drug dealer and that's pretty much where some shady came from (laughs) right you know uh i I think the uh the most telling part is the third verse um where he says uh well i do do pills don't do speed i do do crack i don't do coke i do smoke weed don't do smack i do do shrooms do drink beer i just want to make a few things clear my baby mama's not dead she's still alive and bitching (laughs) and i don't have herpes my dick's just itching itching. (laughs) it's not syphilis yeah it's not syphilis and it's for aids infested i don't know yet i'm too scared to get tested oh shit (laughs) you know he's basically saying all this shit that I've said previously, like, here's here's the real me. Right. This is what I do. This is what I don't do. You know, I, I didn't kill my baby mama. She's still here. You know, I, I don't have these diseases. Yeah. Or anything like it's that. Not, it's, it's not cool to, you know, drink vodka and drive and, you know, all that shit. Yeah, but then you got the very, the very next song, uh, Bad Meets Evil. Was Royce to five nine? Royce, yep. yeah. This the first time I, I heard Royce to five nine. Uh, I think it may be a lot of a lot of people's first uh, venture into who Royce is. Yeah, because I mean he was yeah, this, who he is, and I mean yeah. If you if you ever listen, if you ever watch the, um, I, I can't remember if it was Beef One or Beef Two. Uh, one it was it's one of the Beef documentaries where it was it was Royce versus D twelve and. Uh, Bazaar said, "Which you know, is weird to me." Say what now? Which is weird. Like one day when I first saw that, I was like, "That's weird to me." Right? right. They would have, they have beef. beef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but apparently it had a lot to do with. Uh, apparently the the whole thing between them actually started through, uh, you know, Royce. Royce was the priority, the next priority to come out of Detroit. Um, you know, everything in the beginning stages of Eminem's career, he was with Royce. Um. And when, uh, basically he had said something and Dre did not, uh, something to the effect of he would, he would see Eminem sit Dre down and it would be like the student teaching the the teacher or something along those lines. Basically he said, he said something that was taken out of context that wasn't really what he meant to say, but it was taken, taken, taken a certain way or something along those lines. Um, 
And basically, Dre was like, nah, I can't work with this guy or something along those lines. I have to go back and rewatch the uh, the documentary. But um, that basically helped D12 get back together pretty much. Um, and then there was something along the lines, of, because, because I believe in one bar, Royce said something, 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 popping slugs. And if you really want beef, you can meet up with Bugs, who was another original member of D12. Um, before uh, he got shot at Belle Isle Park in Detroit, Michigan. Um, but so the uh, the beef actually started when um, it was Royce was upset because uh, the first project, um, Bad Meets Evil, was shelved um, in favor of Devil's Night. So instead of Eminem helping him get his record done, he went and got D12 stuff done first. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that so but didn't, didn't, he have, didn't he already have the Rock City album out though? Yeah, but that wasn't like he that wasn't the Eminem collaborative one that he wanted done like D12. Right, that's why he wanted Bad Meets Evil done so he could have had that fame from Eminem just now turning up. Right. But then they both uh, they found out later that um, freaking Royce had actually made diss tracks about each and every single one of them. Yep, yep, yep. He did one. Um, God, what was the name of it? I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but he said, he had said something to the effect of like talking about bizarre. He was like, he was like, uh, you can run and hide. I'll be on the, I'll be on the porch with a cheeseburger trying to lure you outside or something along those lines. Um, and he's like, I bet when you say G, 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 unit, I bet you throw some extra G's in it. So, uh, and then it says something along the line. I mean, he took a whole lot of shots at proof. Uh, during that during that time as well, that's because they actually uh, it's because they actually got almost into a shootout at a uh, uh, at a clutch. club. Yeah, they man. both pulled yeah. guns on each other. Yeah. So yeah, that's they. Yeah. But the beef eventually settled, and that's something we're. Uh, that's, I, mean, I think Royce, that's we're gonna have to talk about on a future episode. Beef. Beef. What's beef? Beef is when somebody like you can't sleep. Yep. <laughs> What's beef? Uh, but um, so we're gonna go from. I mean, the Bad Meets Evil is not a bad song at all. Uh, no. It's, they play off each other pretty well too. Uh, they have good, like they have really good chemistry too. They do. They do. Um, um, I mean, but but then from that track to to what I personally think is my favorite track on this album, still don't give a fuck. You know. He starts off with an intro. A lot of people ask me, "Am I afraid of death?" Hell yeah, I'm afraid of death. I don't want to die yet. A lot of people think that I worship the devil, that I do all types of retarded shit. Look, I can't change the way I think. I can't change the way I am. But if I offended you, good, because I still don't give a fuck. <laughs> and then that first, that first verse is just like, wow. Like this is when you can really, really tell how lyrical Eminem is, uh, you know, cause he's, he goes, I'm zoned on for one joint, stopping the limo, hopping the window, shopping a demo at gunpoint, a lyricist without a clue. What year is this? Fuck a needle. Here's a sword body it pierced with this. Yep. Living a muck, never giving a fuck. Give me the keys. I'm drunk and I've never driven a truck, but I smoked dope in the cab. I'll stab you with the sharpest knife I can grab. Come back the next week and reopen your scab. A killer instinct runs in the blood, emptying full clips and burying guns in the mud. I'm calmed down now. I was once heavy into drugs. I could walk around straight for two months with a buzz. My brain's gone. My soul's worn. My spirit's torn. 
the rest of my body still being operated on i'm ducked the fuck down while i'm writing this rhyme because i'm probably going to get struck by lightning this time time, right like like that's lyricism in my opinion right yep you know and even in the the course it's like for all the weed that i've smoked yo then this blunt's for you for all the people i've offended yeah fuck you too to all my friends that used to have i miss my past but the rest of you assholes can kiss my ass and then he pretty much repeats the whole thing and then and then the very part is like but i still don't give a fuck y'all can kiss my ass yeah like that whole you know this whole song was pretty much an in your face you know like legit don't give like it's worse than don't give a fuck i think you know i think it was meant to be that way i think right you know and in the the third verse uh he he actually uh he's like i'm a cross between manson esham and ozzy i don't know why the fuck i'm here in the first place my first my worst day on this earth was my first birthday damn like damn yeah so which is crazy though that he shot out Isham um cuz Isham was was a uh, I mean he wasn't he, they had they've had beef before as well him and Isham if you if if the rumor is to be believed and this is again from uh one of the beef documentaries the whole the Isham was one as was part of the reason why ICP and Eminem had their beef with each other um, yeah, you know, but you know, uh, Eminem actually says that Esham is probably one of his most important influences. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and for those who don't know who Esham is, uh, he's a Detroit acid rapper uh, who was a pioneer uh, in in that genre. Yeah, absolutely. And there was a lot of good rappers in Detroit back then that never got you know never got the love that they really needed, you know, to get, you know, in order to get some mainstream love. And, you know, obviously Esham was one of them. A jump steady was, was another one. Uh, awesome. Dre was another one, um, that never got, you know, as much love. Um, but yeah, I mean, for, I mean, but for him to shout out Esham, you know, like that, but then for a year later, Esham, you know, dissed him on a verse on, I believe it was, one of the one of the bizarre uh cds i want to say i can't remember which one exactly uh it was like i'm pretty sure that m was like oh shit you know like what the fuck you know right uh so all in all what what are you guys's uh feelings on this album i love this album i love it i love it i would i would say i would say it's up there as far as some of his but see, which is which is crazy to think because he has so many great albums, so many great songs. Um, but just as an introduction as to who Slim Shady was and who uh, who Marshall Mathers is, I mean, it, it's I, I think it's great. Let me ask this question to you guys, um, and you, it, it, it doesn't have to be in any particular order. Five songs on this album that you can listen to. I mean, the whole album is obviously great, but. What are your five favorite songs on the on the album? Uh, <laughs> oh shit! That's, yeah, this is this is literally one of those albums that I can put on and listen from beginning to end. Right, right. Yeah, it's gonna be hard to say. I'll go yeah. ahead. We, we, you know what? I'll go ahead and throw mine out there. Then I'm gonna say for me, uh, "Guilty Conscience," uh, "Role Model," 
come on everybody, rock bottom, and still don't give a fuck. I'll say those those are my five. Shit, it's hard. I mean, uh, the, the first three songs are amazing. Uh, my name is Guilty Conscience, Brain Damage. Um, obviously, still don't give a fuck. Bad Meets Evil, I'm Shady. I, I, I can't pick just five. I, I, I can't. Um, I'm going to go with Guilty Conscience, Brain Damage. No, Guilty Conscience, if I had. Role Model, Rock Bottom. Uh, and I'm shady. Yeah, uh, that's, that is kind of hard to do. All yeah. just do five. Yeah, I mean, but but that's what I'm saying. Like this is it. It, it kind of like it kind of lets me know like which ones were you feeling more than the others. And if you, I mean, yeah, I agree with Chip. Yeah, this is one of those albums you could put on and just play all the way through. You know, yep. um, so. Yeah, there's there's not a bad song on this on this record. There really isn't. No, but um, this uh, I guess this will conclude our first of many uh, rap rewinds of the career of Eminem. Uh, we, I mean, this was one of his probably his one of his best albums. Um, just in his lyrics alone um, and showing his creativity. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of dark thing to it. It's slim shady for you. <laughs> uh, right. But no, it, it shows how intelligent Eminem can be with his um, ability to write, uh, which is actually hard to do for a lot of people. Uh, yeah. But uh, I mean, this album, I love this album. It's so good. Yeah, it's definitely up there. As yep. far as being one of um, the better albums. Exactly. Uh, and obviously on the, the next edition of Rap Rewind, we will be discussing in length uh, the Marshall Mathers LP, Eminem's second album. Um, you know, so uh, if you guys haven't heard that one or haven't heard it in a while, go give it a listen because we will be, you know, talking about that one next absolutely absolutely and it's gonna be an interesting one i think yep yep Um, so thank you everybody for joining us for this uh first episode of the rap uh rewind uh part of battle topics um always as always go to our patreon one dollar a month that's all it is (laughs) yes and you can hear more of this stuff absolutely absolutely Yes, uh, and as always, check out movementradio.us. That is your one-stop shop for all things Movement Radio. You can go to the Patreon page from there and subscribe. Uh, you can leave us a review. You can visit our merch store. You can subscribe to any um, any of our podcasting platforms that you might listen to us on. Uh, you can listen directly from the website. Uh it's all there. Like I said, it's literally your one-stop shop for all things Movement Radio, movementradio.us. Absolutely. And also, shout-out to our good buddy Sean Thompson over at Thompson Personal Training. Uh, I'm back at it. Uh, this past week, I got a chance to uh, uh, you know, get a workout in. He, uh, he has this really cool uh, concept of uh, combining boxing 
and yoga. You guys just have to check it out. And if you want to check it out, I recommend it. Highly, highly recommend it. Um, he is giving away one month free if you sign up for three months and you tell him that Movement Radio sent you. So you sign up at Thompson Personal Training. Sign up for three months. You get the fourth month absolutely free. So check him out. Sean Thompson, Thompson Personal Training on Facebook. Um, also, go back and check the archives. Uh, we just dropped an interview this past week with our good buddy, uh, Andrew Young of the uh, Warrior Workout Network. Uh, we also have uh, more hauntings coming up. Uh, we've been recording. Uh, we will have the um, rock retrospective of corn coming out soon so that's gonna be a pretty interesting one also we have more sports topics to talk about uh we're gonna be getting into list and we actually are working on a current list right now that is very very interesting and uh, we hope you guys enjoy it whenever it does come out uh, a lot of cool things going on and we cannot stress this enough thank you thank you thank you so much for the love and support that you guys have given us and we will continue to give you guys the best content we possibly can. So thank you guys. We'll see you guys next time on another episode of Battle Topics right here on the Patreon channel. Chip, let's hit him with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Make sure you check out the YouTube channel. Subscribe and click that bell to get notified of our latest videos. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. And I'm Roger Sierra. And this is Movement Radio. God's plan.